Well, that about does it for us here. But stay tuned, because up next, the Well-Read Mage presents an exclusive Q&A with the ABXY Mage. Just to keep it cool. Hello, you're listening to MageCast SideQuests, a podcast by the ABXY Mage and an ever-changing party of mages that discusses the many aspects of video games. This band of games writers focused on in-depth and long-form critique can be found on WordPress at thewellreadmage.com and on Twitter at thewellreadmage. Crowdfunding support makes possible The Well Read Mage, MageCast, and MageCast SideQuests. To support our Patreon campaign and our future vision, as well as see exclusives and rewards, visit patreon.com slash thewellreadmage. Like, follow, share, subscribe, and please leave us a review. And now, let the quest begin. Hello everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of SideQuests. We're going to be doing something a little different today. I'm going to be joined by nobody. Just me. No guests today. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a Q&A uh, with just me, obviously. So I've got some questions from followers on Twitter and some fellow mages and patrons from the Well-Read Mages Discord chat. And I am just going to look at the questions now. Uh, I haven't pre-read many of them. Uh, so, trying to keep most of the answers spontaneous uh, off the cuff. So, here we go. Um, already going to have to do an edit because I didn't know where I was starting. Okay, so I actually have uh, several questions here that I can tie all into one answer. The first question is from Fritztalgia on Twitter, and uh, it is, Did Final Fantasy lose some identity to, say, Kingdom Hearts with the action RPG approach that it took over the years? Uh, the next question is from Console Gamer, G-A-M-R. What's your favorite battle system in Final Fantasy? And the third question is from the Well-Read Mage. And he asked, do you think the Final Fantasy series is in decline or not? If in decline, why? So I think that it is in decline still in terms of quality. I was not a fan of Final Fantasy XV. Uh, that's no secret. A lot of people already know that. Uh, I actually didn't play fourteen or thirteen. Uh, I played a little bit of twelve. But I haven't really played any since 9, except for 15. I played all the way through. Uh, my favorite battle system's the old classic turn-based JRPG style. Um, <clears throat> do I think it's the best battle system that exists? Not necessarily. But I do think Final Fantasy lost some of its identity when it started to move more towards the action RPG approach. I think that what Final Fantasy always did best uh, was the turn-based classic system. That was the system it used at its height. I would be fine with a sooner-than-later future entry in the series returning to those roots and, and going back to that.
at PKMM Positivity on Twitter asked, what is your favorite game? Uh, again, this is not a secret. Uh, my all-time favorite game is Chrono Trigger. I think it's it's the most fun, the most immersed I've ever been in a game. I've probably played all the way through it, I don't know, 15, 20 times at least. Uh, I owned it when I was younger for the SNES, so I played it a lot when I was in middle school. I actually got it for free from a neighbor, if you haven't already heard this story in a previous episode. Uh, I had a neighbor who got the Nintendo 64 as soon as it, as soon as it came out. <clears throat> And I had borrowed some of his Super Nintendo games a couple days prior. Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana, Mega Man X, Super Metroid, Super Return of the Jedi, SimCity. And I saw him the day after he got his N64, I think. And I just basically said, hey, I'm going to get you your games back this weekend. And he said... Don't worry about it, I got an N64, you can keep them. So I got that lot of games for free. Chrono Trigger, one of my all-time favorites, being one of them. Uh, just such a great story. Characters, the, the tech system, the dual techs and the triple techs, uh, is both unique and one of the many reasons to play the game multiple times see all those moves to get all of those moves acquire the items you need in order to be able to do those techs I always really liked so yeah so my favorite all time game is uh is Chrono Trigger easily Alex Sigsworth on Twitter who's also the purple prose mage asked what advice would you give your 22 year old self uh I would probably give myself quite a bit of advice. Uh, I feel like I've come a long way since I was 22. Uh, I would probably tell myself maybe not to party quite so much. Um, I mean, I kind of that's kind of what your early 20s, especially once you turn 21 in America, uh, is all about. But it's not what it's all about. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends that got real jobs and were quote-unquote successful long before I was. Uh, so I'd probably tell my 22-year-old self to pay more attention to what everyone else is doing uh, and get your act together. <laughs> uh, G. Burslem, or Burslem, B-U-R-S-L-E-M, sorry Greg, I don't know how to say your last name, asked, uh, which studio session or live event would you like to have experienced firsthand? Uh, I can say that uh, actually pretty easily. Even though I love jazz, and there are a lot of live jazz events that I would have enjoyed attending, loved attending, um, it actually would be hard for me to pick only one. Uh, but I would say if I could pick any, it actually wouldn't be a jazz event. Uh, I would probably have wanted to see The Last Waltz, the band's final performance, 1976, Thanksgiving. They had the most amazing guest list of people. Uh, I have the box set of all of the music 
I have the movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Martin Scorsese directed it. It's a documentary concert film. Uh, their guests included Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Eric Clapton, Ringo Starr, um, The Staples, Dr. John. It's amazing. If you have not seen the movie, watch the movie. If you've seen the movie but haven't listened to the box set, listen to the box set because it has even more music than they could fit into the movie. Van Morrison is in the movie. Uh, great version of Caravan. It's just a f- absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal concert that I would have loved to have been at. But I was negative 10 years old when that happened, so... I think it was 76. Greg also asked, which game or film would you have made changes or improvements to? Uh, I could talk about that for a long time. Uh, (laughs) More with films than games. Uh, I've seen a lot more movies than I have played games, and I think I know more about the fundamentals of a movie than I do about a game as far as making one. Uh, so I would feel more comfortable making changes to a film than a game, I would say. But I, I could talk about it endlessly, you know? I would make changes to literally every Michael Bay film. I just recently watched the two Ninja Turtles movies that he produced, and I would change 90% or more of both of them. I'd probably change 99% of the second one. What a piece of garbage. You know, are there classic, quote-unquote classic films I would make changes to? I don't know. Uh, if, if you had a specific one, you asked me what changes I might make to it, sure. Uh, I have controversial movie opinions, uh, I'm sure, like everyone. Um, you know, I would probably... Uh, okay, I thought of a classic that I could make changes to. I don't necessarily know right off the bat what they would be. I'd start with dialogue changes. but. Uh, I think Alien is far superior to Aliens. I think Aliens loses a lot of what made Alien great. Except for the fact that there are multiple aliens and the Alien Queen is badass. But I I like the, you know, Vietnam comparison, war, soldiers in war. basically being sent to their death but it's just uh, the mo- the first alien was just such a great suspenseful edge of your seat thriller slash horror and aliens is just an action movie and it's got lame dialogue i don't care how iconic game over man is it's awful bill paxton is terrible in that movie so there's one uh, feel free to disagree with me and tell me what an idiot I am in the comments to this episode. Games with Coffee, the hyperactive coffee mage, at uh, GamesWCoffee on Twitter, asked, what is your favorite blend of coffee? I know, shocking, a coffee question. What a surprise. Uh, I'm not sure I have a favorite blend, honestly. Um, I really like... Uh, Ethiopian coffee, I guess. Um, you know, I'm a medium dark. I'm a darker side of medium kind of roast. Uh, 
I thoroughly enjoyed the Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee that you sent me uh, so far. Uh, I tried it this morning, um, actually. So that was great. But I don't know if I have a favorite blend. I just really like coffee. It's so good. Uh, and people at work, at my work, have told me that I'm weird for this, so I'm going to put this out there to you. Honey instead of sugar in your coffee. Much better. Give it a try. Might sound weird. Plenty of you think that's weird. It's not. Especially if you like honey in your tea. Uh, but it's it gives it a little tiniest bit of flavor besides the sweetness. I don't know. Try it. It's very good. Honey and coffee. Uh he games with coffee also asked uh what would be a game or series that i never would have considered playing before but might like to try now uh i don't really know i don't my interests don't change all that much so i can't really think of i know when i was a kid i was had no interest in spyro uh, but now that the Reignited Trilogy came out and I read about it and I watched some videos of it, I'd I'd give that a try. That looks pretty good. Um, I've never been interested in Pokemon, but maybe it's because I haven't played it. So I guess I would. I'd give it a shot. If I don't like it, I don't have to play it. But I can't really think of too, too much along that line. Sorry. Uh, Retro Game Brews, who you may know as the Beer Mage, asked, what is my biggest gaming accomplishment? Um, that's tough. You know, we recently recorded an episode of Magecast on Turtles in Time. I think this is going to air before that episode does. Um, but it's not a spoiler. You can just listen to the story twice. Uh, this will be the short version. Uh, when I was in second grade, I beat Turtles in Time on the arcade at my birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. That was awesome. Four-player with, obviously, three of my friends. That was really awesome. Cowabunga! Um, I remember I never owned uh, whatever generation the PS3 was. I didn't own any of those consoles, but I had a friend who did. And I used to go play Modern Warfare with him all the time. And I got better than him at it, even though he owned it, and it kind of made him mad. But in one match, my kill-death ratio was, I think, 52-1. And, you know, I, I don't know, people might be destroying that ratio in whatever the, mo the current game is, but... uh. I remember that day when it happened. I felt pretty, pretty damn good about it. So that was cool. Um, I remember the, the first time I beat Ocarina of Time. That felt like a big accomplishment to me. That was such a big game compared to the games I had played growing up previous. Uh, I got the N64 and Ocarina at the same time, so that was one of the first games that I played for the 64. And uh, beating that felt like felt like an accomplishment. Just beating the Water Temple feels like an accomplishment, honestly. But beating the entire game, getting that ending, I felt like that was that was something. Uh, the Well Read Mage asked a couple more questions. Um, first question is: What is your favorite era of gaming, decade or generation, and why? Uh, 
So it depends on my mood, honestly. Uh, usually my go-to answer, I guess I could go with decade and that'll make it easier because then I could put it into one answer. So a decade uh, would be 90s. Plenty of people would agree with me. I'm sure that's not a surprise. In the early part of the 90s, you got the console wars. You know, it was the tail end of the NES, then the Super Nintendo comes out. Now we're playing with superpower. Now you're playing with power, superpower. And the Genesis and, you know, the Sega-Nintendo rivalry just pushed out so many good games. And that was before, you know, I, nobody ever wants to go back to a time before the internet. But there are here and there little just sweet things that you can say about times before then. And one of those things would be, uh, you know, I kind of miss not being able to just look something up. You know, as an adult, I don't have as much time to play games. Uh, who does? So every once in a while, you're going to turn to a walkthrough or a video. Uh, especially if you're on a deadline for something. But, man, when you were a kid, besides having an endless amount of time to figure everything out that you wanted to in a game, if you wanted to, you just could, that was your only option. Unless you had a game genie or a cheat, you couldn't just hop on the internet and figure out the answer to the puzzle. You couldn't just figure out which door you happened to miss. You had to talk to your friends. You had to figure this out. Sometimes I can remember growing up and passing the controller back and forth because somebody was better at a certain part in a level just to get past it, just because you had to see what was next. Uh, I can especially remember that playing Sonic 2 with my friend in elementary school. We played that game all the time. And, of course, he owned it, so I was always Tails. But there just happened to be a couple parts and a couple levels where we would switch because the, the chances of me getting past that part were just better and we just were dying to see the end of that game, which we eventually did. Uh, so I do miss that. Uh, later in the 90s, um, besides the PlayStation, I didn't own the PlayStation in the 90s, so i can't talk about how wonderful and lovely it was having that one you know enormous library of rpgs especially uh and the beginning of third person action games and three or 3d third person action games uh i remember playing siphon filter at a friend's house and i you know playing the absolute crap out of the demo for metal gear solid but i had a nintendo 64 and even that, I, I miss that. The four controller ports, the ultimate party system, you know? My brother would have his friends over, and that was the only time they'd let me hang out with them, because they were older. They needed that fourth person for Goldeneye. They needed that fourth person for Mario Kart Battle Mode. I miss that. You know, we talked uh, also on the Turtles in Time podcast about couch co-op briefly. I miss that. You, There's just no way to to get that same feeling, even with voice chat, even with mics, even with online gaming, there's just no way to get that same intense rivalry and competition you would get playing those games side by side. I can remember going to my cousin's house. Uh, growing up, he was one of my best friends, and his dad, my uncle, was super into video games, so I got to play a lot of Super Nintendo games because his dad was into it. They got a Nintendo 64 <clears throat> when we got ours. So when I would go stay with them, we'd play Goldeneye at their house. And I can remember my uncle 
was so adamant against screen looking that he would actually do the tape the piece of cardboard to the TV and then one person, you know, one or two people would sit on the floor and then the other two people would sit on a raised up like loft bed so that you couldn't see the top screen if you were on the floor and you couldn't see the bottom screen if you were on the bed. You just, there's nothing like that anymore, <laughs> certainly. I, uh, I've always been pro screen looking. I think it's a part of the game. They took it out with online gaming. That's fine. That's part of the game. But when the N64 was around and it was split screen, if you couldn't watch your screen and someone else's at the same time to your own advantage, that doesn't mean I'm cheating. It just means you can't do it. Sorry. That's all the information's there. That's nowhere in the instruction booklet does it tell you to tape cardboard to your television so that your nephew can't see your screen while you're playing Proximity Mines in the bunker. I'm the Proximity Mine champion, by the way. At Splatum Sage on Twitter asked, Do you think it would be advantageous for Nintendo to leave the hardware market and make software multi-platform for PC and other consoles? Uh, advantageous? I don't know. Maybe. Probably have to do the math on it. I mean, not having... First-party Nintendo games on PC and other consoles hasn't hurt them much so far. Uh, I mean, you look at all of, I mean, so many games that release multi-platform. How much money does it cost to develop those games on all of those platforms to sell how many more copies than if it was an exclusive? I don't know. Uh, it's possible. Certainly it would be advantageous for gamers to have Mario and Zelda and Metroid on multiple platforms. Uh, who doesn't want that? But you'd still want multi-cross-platform online play because it's not going to help me if I have Mario Kart on PlayStation and you have Mario Kart on Xbox and we can't play against each other. Of course, that's the situation now if I have Mario Kart on Switch and you don't have a Switch at all. So, I don't know. I think it has its pros and its cons. Um, you know, I think if the Switch had been a, a continuation of the downward trend from the Wii U, it's possible that they would consider it. If I, I think they've always got that possibility, certainly. It's probably always a backup plan. I imagine the only reason they haven't done it yet is because it's it doesn't make sense to them financially yet. And when, if and when it does, then they can just do it then. There's no telling how much it costs them in R&D to make a new console. They've been doing it for so long now, but at the same time, they're more innovative than the other companies seem to be. And who knows, maybe eventually innovation uh, over power and cross-platform and all that, maybe that will hurt them. I don't know. Like I said, though, it's always a backup plan. Worst case scenario, Nintendo says, we're not going to make another console. But get ready to play Zelda on your PlayStation 7. You know, who knows. At Hal11K on Twitter asked, 
What is your favorite video game soundtrack? Well, I can't pick just one. Sorry, it's impossible. I love music. I can't pick one favorite anything of any thing. I, anything. So, uh, what I can say is uh, Uematsu's my favorite video game composer. I listen to a lot of the Final Fantasy soundtracks a lot. Recently, uh, I have listened to a lot of Bloody Wolf from the TurboGrafx-16 that has an excellent soundtrack. Also, Shinobi X, I think, for the Sega CD, I think. Uh, Top-notch soundtrack as well. Uh, Both Guacamelee games have great soundtracks. Not really a fan of almost any Sega soundtracks uh, as far as like Genesis and Master System. I just, the pitches of some of those tones just hurt my ears. Sorry. Uh, There are obvious exceptions. Sonic games, the classic Genesis Sonic games have great music. Uh, I've heard a couple others here and there, but I just don't like the way it sounds for the most part so a lot of my favorite soundtracks are either soundtracks that use um you know real chamber orchestras or like SNES type music I guess uh there's a lot of that ear hurting tonage in NES games also but I don't think it's as as much there's something about that genesis sound that I just my brain doesn't like teacher bloke 85 from twitter asked what's the one he emphasized one game you think more people should play uh i'm not gonna say just one though ha it's my podcast i'll do whatever i want so first i'll say chrono trigger because it's my all-time favorite game and i think it's pretty much perfect and Even though a lot of people have played it, everyone hasn't, so therefore more could play it, so more should play it. Uh, I'll also say, and this one's just for Red, Guacamelee. It's just great. I just, it's so fun. Uh, It's a Metroidvania. It's not super challenging. The second one is much more challenging, but I still think in a fun way. If you read my review on either or both of those games, you'll know that I loved both of them, and I actually thought the second one was slightly better, even though the story and the bosses 
are slightly not as good. But those games, I think, are... I, I know they did well for indie games, but it, I feel like I haven't run into a lot of people who have played them. So as far as games that tons of people have not played, I'll go with that. Chrono Trigger is just my default answer because I love it so much. All right. Well, that was the final question for this episode. Uh, I would like to, hopefully, we can do more Q&A type episodes in the future. Uh, both myself getting more questions, as well as I would like to do some Q&A type interviews and take some questions from listeners and readers and followers and uh, do some Q&As with some of the other mages, hopefully. So uh, look forward to that in the future. While I'm just wrapping up here, and I'm not taking up anyone's time since I don't have any guests, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, those of you who are, who have, who will, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, get out there, listen to some more jazz. If you need some recommendations, let me know. Keep gaming. Uh, let us know in the comments what you're playing. Uh, maybe give us some recommendations. Maybe give me some recommendations. Maybe based on some of the things you've learned about me in this episode. Well, thank you all for listening to this special 10th episode edition of Side Quests, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us for MageCast Side Quests. If you enjoyed listening, please like, share, and leave us a comment. Also, be sure to check out MageCast, an ensemble podcast hosted by the Well-Read Mage. To support this podcast and future content, visit us at patreon.com slash thewellreadmage. Guts, the theme song for side quests, was composed by Russell Gordon, the Iron Mage. I'm the ABXY Mage, and you can find me on Twitter at ABXY underscore reviews and at thewellreadmage.com. This quest may be complete, but more await beyond the horizon.